The Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dogs Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. DGENs assemble. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Heroes and Villains. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my co host and partner, Mr. Andrew, the TD King. Rob, happy Tuesday, sir. How are we doing? Great, man. Great. Uh, I'm actually ready to dive into it. Let's just, uh, let's just get into helping oh. people win $3 million. million. Oh, $3 million. Three million, yeah. I'll just oh, take yeah. millions. Fine. Uh, yeah, I guess whatever. Chump change, but that's fine. Well, I mean, what is that? Second place, <laughs> first yes. place regular season. Yeah, uh, no, first place regular season five hundred, I believe. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. they dropped that so that they could expand it out for everybody. Inflation. What are you going to do? <laughs> Well, that's just the growth of best ball. We're here to talk some wide receivers and best ball. Millie Maker wide receivers in 2023. We're going to be talking about some of our heroes for certain at the wide receiver position. You have to start three every week, so some may say it's the most important position in best ball. Obviously, if you're you know have a pulse in the fantasy streets, if you're drafting a lot of teams in best ball, you're clearly seeing that there's some high value in our wide receivers. They're going early. They're going often. You know, you're constantly having to pick them ahead of ADP because your you know lobbies are getting you know aggressive. They're getting fast. They're getting loose. We got uh, some folks up in the chat. We got Jamie. Cool show graphic. Appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you, sir. Andrew, who's your first millie maker? Who's the first guy that you're trusting to get you a million dollar roster in 2023? Well, repeat offender for the show, uh, somebody that you and I both are very high on, somebody that we both completely are dumbfounded about why he's going in the range with these other wide receivers that Let's get clearly it out early. he's going to be getting the majority of the targets on this team, and that is our boy, Deontay Johnson. I mean, what else do we got to say about this guy? He's somebody that I do truly expect to be on a higher percentage of the teams that place you know, in the top, you know, whatever percentage of best ball mania of, uh, of the big board, you know, of all these drafts. I mean, we talked about it in length about the amount of wide receivers going around him and the target possibility for Deontay Johnson, as opposed to the guys that are going around him. And, uh, honestly, I mean, I I don't really see another guy who's going to get 140 plus targets potential that's going anywhere around him right now. I mean, it's it's kind of clear to me that he needs to be ahead of at least six or seven wide receivers in front of him. So taking him at value is is you know great currently right now. So uh, you know again, I, I, you and I both uh, totally agree on this. But uh, Deontay Johnson, somebody I believe will end up winning somebody at least a million dollars. Wide receiver thirty four. He finished as wide receiver eight two seasons ago with a bad QB in Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> And while Ben Roethlisberger did get him 160-plus targets that season, 
he was still able to walk away with a top, you know, wide receiver 10 season, right? Wide receiver eight. Obviously, last year he dips. Sorry, background in, in my mic here. Um, he was still able to walk away last season with 140 plus targets. Didn't score any touchdowns. That was our big loss last year. He didn't find the end zone. I'm expecting Kenny Pickett to progress. I don't think he has to really do that much more than he did last season to make Deontay Johnson a value in fantasy football, especially in best ball. I mean, the biggest thing about him, you know, being, you know, in this spot where we're saying, you know, yeah, he's absolutely going to make you a million dollars. You know, if you're drafting enough teams, like I wouldn't be one and done. But if you are one and done, Deontay Johnson's got to be on your team. That is for certain. Um, but again, the, the target volume and then ADP is just too juicy. He's going, I believe, at pick 64. Pick 64 gets you into about, you know, maybe round six, round maybe round seven if you're, you know, your, your lobby's uh, really low on him. But an impressive value. I'll take him in round five. I'll take him in round four. I, he's my wide receiver, 19. He's going as wide receiver 34. I think I could be too low on him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's just Deontay Johnson is just the I, I really do think that the reason he is down the draft board a little bit is due to the fact of didn't really have a bang up season last year. Target potential is awesome. You know, however many targets he got last year under 47, I think. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns. That's what I think it was. Uh, you know, nobody. People are looking at that and seeing that, like, ah, maybe he's not the guy to use around the red zone. Ah, maybe he's just going to be the guy, good, you know, that catches passes mm-hmm. in between the twenties. Like, that's not the case. I know that they use Fryermuth a lot in the red zone, and I know that obviously they like Pickens down the field. But Deontay Johnson, I mean, you're not going to get 147 targets and not score another touchdown. That's just absurd. It's never been done. So, yeah, I, I think we obviously, uh, you know, don't need to talk about Deontay Johnson anymore because, honestly, I mean. He speaks for himself. He, he's going to produce. He has a consistent track record. Uh, even the season before wide receiver eight, he finishes wide receiver 21 with uh, 15 games played. In that season, he still scored seven touchdowns. The season after uh, with Ben Roethlisberger, his last year, he still scored eight touchdowns. So again, I'm expecting them to take a step forward. I think, again, where you, where you mentioned where he's going at that ADP, there's no other true ones that you're just going to trust at the same level of Deontay Johnson. And that ADP is, again, like you mentioned, a more of a reflection from the lack of touchdowns last year. And I think just, you know, bad taste in people's mouths. You know, if you drafted Deontay Johnson last year, you probably drafted him pretty high. He let you down. I get that, at least production wise. Only 86 catches on 147 targets. It's not good. That's bad. I don't expect that to be the case in 2023. Major signs of progressions. I don't know if he's going to set career numbers. But I think he's going to well, well outplay this ADP, hands down. All right, let's move over to our next guy. We got Tyreek Hill, one of the top five guys that I, I have a lot of trust in. I, of course, you know, believe heavily in Justin Jefferson. I am Harvey Dent. I believe in Justin Jefferson. Uh, I have a ton of exposure at that 101 pick, so I'm getting a lot of him. And of course, I love Jamar Chase, but I feel like Tyreek Hill actually has a very safe floor amongst that three. And I'm, I'm starting to consider myself when I do get the two, I might take more of Tyreek Hill over Jamar Chase. You know, I see some people getting cute, taking Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson. Oh, I want to be different. I, I just don't see the likelihood of, you know, continuously getting that 101. Uh, you know, I have like, you know, 12 to 13 percent. I think that's pretty abnormal, uh, you know, exposure to just the first overall pick. Right. So when I'm looking at that group of receivers and I'm looking at Cooper Cup, I'm looking at Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill may regress and still have more receiving yards 
than both of those guys in Chase and Cup. I think the yardage big threat there is Justin Jefferson, who also could have his third consecutive season over, what, 1,600 receiving yards? Tyreek had 1,700 last season, and even if he regresses, I still firmly believe, you know, with a lot of confidence that he's in a great position to get at least 1,500 plus. You know, I, I don't think he's in a bad situation whatsoever. I think the big concern is Tua Tagovailoa. How healthy is he going to be this season? Is he going to play the majority of games? But I do like the backup in, uh, in big Mike White now. A lot safer, at least in my side of things, or I feel safer, with him over a Teddy Bridgewater, him over a Skylar Thompson. And even when those guys filled in, Tyreek was still the better option. Jalen Waddle kind of faded a little bit. But even year long, Tyreek had about 60 more targets than Jalen Waddle. He averaged seven targets a game and averaged 100 receiving yards a game. This offense is built for him. They're going to draw him up in all sorts of creative ways in space, break the record for longest comeback routes of all time, whatever it is, 40-yard comeback routes. They're going to design him up in space, get him into creative spots where he can use his speed and leverage his legs. I, I mean, there's really nothing to dislike here. Do you? Quick before you give your take on him, I, I know that you, you love Tyreek, but – over under eight and a half receiving touchdowns. He had eight last year. Mm, I don't like that you said receiving touchdowns. Oh. I like overall touchdowns. Did he? I don't know if he had any rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, yeah, he just had eight. Oh, wait. No, that's. Uh, uh, he had one last year. Okay, so he had one rushing touchdown. Okay. Yeah, so he had eight total. Um, hmm. All right, so one, so two more. Uh, you know, if two is healthy for yeah. most of the season, I, I don't think that's a huge. I think ask. if I can get that line right now, I like it now. If mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook signs there, I can see that potentially taking some opportunities away from Tyreek. So maybe I could take under if Cook goes there. Okay, I mean, I still think all those running backs are going to get used, uh, you know, as essentially a, a, a workhorse RB. All three of those guys, Monster, a chain. Wilson, hell, they'll probably throw Miles Gaskin out there just to piss everybody off. Pretty sure he's still on the roster. <laughs> what are your sure. thoughts on uh, on Tyreek? I mean, at his ADP, obviously he's he's a smash, but you know, if you're sitting there and you're looking at, you know, Tyreek, CMC, and Cooper Cup, is it as easy as I say, Cooper or Cup. is there more of a debate for you? Cooper Cup, okay, hundred percent. I, I and I even like Tyreek. I just think, I think Cooper Cup's about to. <laughs> to show us why he's he was the triple crown king, right? Like, I mean, he he did what he did because he's Cooper Cup. I mean, he he has all the potential on that team. I mean, he is clearly mm. by far the best player on that team outside of Aaron Donald. And I think that this is Matthew Stafford's probably last hurrah to do anything. He knows mm. Cooper Cup's his man. I think it's just going to be Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson, Puka, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper. Like it's just, it's just gonna be. I'm Cooper glad Cup that you all the time. acknowledge Van Jefferson. I do. I'm glad that you. I like I, I'm Puka glad that better. you did that. I like Puka better. The other day you I, tweeted, yes. asterisk Puka, <laughs> and I wanted to just say like, hey Andrew, like in the picture, that's clearly Van Jefferson. So you know, I know I was making a bit <laughs> saying that Puka is gonna be the one to break out in that, but yes, I do. Yeah. I think Van Jefferson will have some good games. I just think Puka, it can be uh, mm -hmm. more explosive than Van Jefferson, but. Yeah, so so if you give me the option between those guys, I I have made the decision in my mind, especially on underdog. If I'm sitting at three, I, I'm taking Cooper Cup. Well, the thing I like about both of those guys for sure is that their quarterbacks cost nothing. You're getting both of those guys in the double digit rounds, most likely. Tua could come up the board, but there's really no need to take him ahead of ADP. You do want to look out for the Waddle owner. You know, if you're drafting Tyreek and you don't like double stack that in rounds one and two. 
you know, you want to be looking out for Tua there. What do you feel is a better stack? Is it, is it Stafford and Cup still, or is it uh, Tua and Tyreek? Um, if I'm taking, if I'm not thinking about injury whatsoever, mm-hmm. then it's Tua and Tyreek, just because I think Tua's upside case is bolder than Stafford's. Okay, but I think they're both like you know what we would say injury prone. Yes, and and that's why I'm not like I, I just think two was one really hard hit away from drooling forever. Okay. So I Harsh, I don't want that. Okay. I mean I, I saw what happened to you know you know the, and this is going to go to a tight end talk for you know a second here, but Jordan Reed for for Washington. I saw what happened to him. Yeah. He took way too many shots and he just didn't want to risk it anymore. I mean he played for another team. He played for the Niners then, and it, you mm-hmm. could tell he was never the same. I think that that's what Tua's about to transpire into with one more hard hit is I think he's really going to take a long look at his life and say, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Stafford. I thought he was going to do that too. And then I traded Tyreek Hill for like a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Tyreek, I think, I think regardless of the quarterback, Tyreek is going to get his. And I actually like Mike White. Like, I agree with you on that aspect. I think Mike White's a good, a good backup, right? So I, I actually like Tyreek individually i like tyreek more than cooper uh you know more than cooper cup but mm-hmm. as a whole i think cooper cup has a bigger upside case just because i think of what he's going to do on the offense and and mm-hmm. that, that's saying something because tyreek hill has 170 targets last year um i just think that like cooper cup has van jefferson and puka to deal with tyreek has mm-hmm. jalen wall jay wall much better than anything the rams have outside of cooper sure. cup. so I, I do worry about that aspect that's why i like cup more um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Tyreek Hill's his potential was just through the roof. 119 receptions, 170 targets, 1700 yards, seven mm. touchdowns through the air. I mean, this man is just—he's just lightning in a bottle. So I completely agree with you. Um, and I, I'm not going to blame anybody for wanting to take Tyreek over Cooper Cup. I just think Cooper Cup's done it already. Tyreek Hill has done it, but with Patrick Mahomes. Not sure mm. he's going to do it with Tua. And if it's Mike White, he's definitely not outproducing Cooper Cup. Um, but yeah, I, I think either one of these guys actually can be on someone's team who ends up winning a million bucks. The, the only thing that I'll go with as an extra tiebreaker between Miami and the Rams, I think Miami will score more points in total. And I think that the Rams will run the ball more so. So, in, okay, thinking like that, do you think that the division games are going to be better? Because I think the Rams actually have potentially an easier schedule interdivision mm-hmm. than the dolphins would so do you think that those games so are tough schedule for the dolphins tough schedule for the dolphins for me is meaning more passing yeah more more so potential air yards more downfield attempts for tyreek or whatever 40 yard comeback routes whatever whatever they got to do to get them open and get them drawn up into the space that they need right uh, i think that there's plenty of opportunity there and re- realistically going back and forth between him and and cup i think yeah i mean you're you're splitting you know the best of both worlds there i mean just pick your poison right um, I think they're both great values after those top guys. Like, I don't think that you should be like, oh, I didn't get Jamar. Jamar. Oh, I didn't get Justin Jefferson. Tyreek is a guy that can get you 1,500 plus receiving yards. Cooper Cup, same thing. Um, I don't know about either of those guys getting double digit touchdowns, but I would assume, in my opinion, it's Tyreek has the higher likelihood to hit that. Yeah. No, I I understand that. I do. Um. So, so one last thing between these two wide receivers and, mm-hmm. and our Tyreek talk here is currently uh, per sharpfootballanalysis.com that ranks the 2023 NFL schedule, the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins currently have the third hardest schedule, ranked 30th 
The Sweet. Rams ha- are middle of the pack, uh, 15th. So no, I don't know how much everyone wants to read into that. If you look at last year's rankings, the Eagles had a really good, easy schedule. They obviously blew up the league. But was their schedule easy from the get? Like the the strength of schedule tra- changes every single week in the offseason. Yes. And then in the actual season, it changes like every minute. Literally. One guy's healthy. This guy's not available. Oh, that changes the strength and you know weakness of this game. Like it's gonna change on a dime the strength of schedule. So it's not something that I try to dive into. I think that it is a good talking point. I think it helps us kind of bookmark where teams are and like the you know the battle ahead, so to speak. Uh, you know, if you're trying to handicap the market on total team wins, yeah, that's something I think you can look at. But when we're looking at fantasy, I, I feel like it is going like an extra layer, an extra, you know, level down the rabbit hole, which I hey, I don't mind. That's why we're here. We're DGens. We're talking fantasy all the time. But I, it's just not something that I dive into. So even in that situation where you tell me, oh, the Dolphins have a hard schedule, I'm like, nom, 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 nom. Give me more. Give me more <laughs> hard games. Let's go. Let, let's put Tua and that passing game to the test. Let's make them throw it 500 times. I mean, they're going to throw it 500 times this season. I, that's a, a you know, pretty modest number for the season, but you know, it's fair. You know what I mean, it's an expression. Yeah. Fair. I, I am looking at 2022's rankings, and I can tell you a lot of the top 16 teams scored a lot in fantasy and also had a very good year. I'm not saying that that's correlation, and not saying we should look at that for 2023. But when I do look at the analysis of it's it, there. it is something that is worth noting. It's there. Just look at it. Would you just look at it? <laughs> Speaking of uh, just just looking at it, have you ever seen uh, Tyreek Hill and bird dogs? Bird dogs make you look good. <laughs> bird dogs stretch. Uh, bird dogs stretch like stretch like khaki shorts and are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, uh, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dogs do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, and they're made with a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs uh, fix the issue by inventing a cloud-knit fabric that looks like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You know what I'm talking about, boys. Bird Dogs use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Yeah, that's right. Keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go check out Tyree Kill and some, sh- and some shorts. It's, it's a wild time. If you can even see him, the man's that fast. And without any of that restriction, oh my goodness, it's absolutely ridiculous. Andrew, who's our next guy up here? Who's our next wide receiver, Millie Maker, another hero? Oh, so another guy that I got here, um, and I I do honestly believe that taking the risk with knowing that this man's not going to play six games is worth it, and that's Jamison Williams, Uh, especially because of how far back he has fallen in the ADP rankings, uh, let me just get you an updated oh. uh, to the to the minute ranking uh, of Jamison Williams, and then I will uh, I'll dive into why I think this. Uh, let me look here. Jamison Williams uh, currently going ninety second overall, ninety second. That is the uh, eighth round. Okay, I've seen him fall to the tenth round in a few drafts. Now that's that's far and few in between, but I have seen it. Normally, I actually see him drop it to the ninth. Mm-hmm. I like taking the value on Jameson Williams there for a couple of reasons. One, Detroit Lions have one of the easier schedules in the NFL this coming year. Two, think they're going to pass the ball even more than they did last year. 
Um, and I, I don't think that they're going to try to run the ball as much closer to the end zone. I don't know if you remember last year. So I, I traded for Amon Ross St. Brown with about six weeks, seven weeks left in the season. That man, man, I watched him fall on the one or two yard line instead of getting a touchdown a billion times. That's why Jamal Williams was able to score a fuck ton of touchdowns. Just a billion touchdowns? Just a billion. It's like it's like every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, he's going to score and fall. Fall right at the one-yard line. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, So I think they were a little unlucky with passing touchdowns versus rushing touchdowns last year. Mm. This year, same scenario. Um, didn't really add anything at wide receiver. Uh, Jameson Williams, obviously, you know, is suspended six games. That sucks for him, but doesn't really matter because it's going to be what happens at the end of the year. Their playoff schedule, pretty easy. Um, they get to end week 17 like everyone has a hard-on for to talk about week 17 correlation. They end with the Cowboys. Cowboys and Lions indoors, probably going to be a shootout, right? That's going to be somebody that you want to have on your team. I've seen, since I'm a Commanders fan, obviously, I do watch the Cowgirls pretty closely. I have seen them be burned long, decent amount of times. That's Jameson Williams for you. He's going to be the yeah, guy going good secondary long. this year. Uh, eh, eh, you know, eh. um, <laughs> yeah. So it, I just, I just think that his uh. opportunity and potential is through the roof. Um, I don't. Th- there's one knock against Jameson Williams that I have outside of his suspension, and that's he doesn't run the routes that Jared Goff is very good at throwing. That is what Amara St. Brown is going to be running. Jared Goff doesn't throw a massively good deep ball. He will find Jamison Williams. I think that that's not going to be the, the issue. I just don't think that they're going to try to force Jared Goff to do so. But against the Cowboys, it's probably going to be a pretty close game. If not, the Cowboys probably will end up leading that game. They're going to probably have to throw the ball a little bit more. Why not take that deep shot down to Jamison Williams? I just think that there's a, a easy story you can sell yourself on Jamison Williams having a very good week seven to week uh what is that going to 17 yeah 7 to 17 uh i'm sorry i was like doing math in my head there uh i i do really think there's an easy case for you to make for yourself that he'll be a top 15 wide receiver on per game basis from 7 to 17 i mm. i truly believe that i mean he's a special talent we saw what he could do last year in the minimal snaps he did get called a long touchdown or two so i do think that that is you know very uh easy sell for yourself and especially with who they play in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, here, I'll read off the fantasy playoffs. Detroit, uh, Denver, Minnesota, and Dallas. So two out of the three, I think Denver could be a, a potentially hard game for them. Minnesota's defense is soft. Dallas's defense, meh, it is what it is. So I, I do think that the correlation with easy fantasy schedule plus the ability that he's the man running downfield, catching these long touchdown passes, I I truly believe Jameson Williams could be a game changer once he comes back from suspension. No, I, I like where you went there. My next one would have been Amon Ross St. Brown, so we're very much on the same page. I don't have bad things to say about Jamison Williams. I like him for all the same reasons that you listed, especially when you're getting him well after his ADP, when you can jump into a lobby and get some really good value on him, maybe 10 or 15 picks after ADP. Like Andrew said, it's certainly possible. You can even get him in the double-digit rounds. There just really isn't a lot of competition for targets. There aren't a lot of threats to him. Like You're not going to see Khalif Raymond or Josh Reynolds get more targets than him or have more of a presence than him once he's healthy. Yeah, you'll see those guys get probably some middled production while he's out of the lineup, while he is suspended. But I do believe it's going to be wheels up for him once he is back. You know, 
as you said, the, the per touch rate last year was awesome. Saw him make a couple of big plays. I think he did score at least one touchdown. So a lot to like there, but I, he's he's a villain to me just because I've drafted so much of Mon Ross St. Brown. Like I need Buddy to get 160 targets this year, and I think it's pretty doable. He's going to have a very good head start in those first six weeks. Like you'd said, the schedule is going to be you know you know relatively easy. That's not something I'm too concerned about because I know their defense isn't great. They should always be in games or behind games. Like I don't feel like there's going to be any point where they're like, you know what? And we don't need to throw the ball to Amon Ra right now. We're in a fine position in this game. No, 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 no. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be in the mix constantly. So, I again, I think there's always going to be the possibility that his number is getting called at any given time. Uh, I just don't see that the team is you know good enough to the point where he's just not going to be needed. Jamison William, Jamison Williams enters. I think that does alleviate some defensive pressure off of him. That should alleviate you know some more concentration to the back end of the field, and he can clean up underneath. I mean. What we're hearing out of camp, out of OTAs, is that, oh, yeah, Goff is going to throw the ball downfield. Amon Ra is going to be more of a field breaker this year. I really don't care, man. Just target the guy a ton. I'm drafting him like that. And, you know, I'm taking him as a top 10 uh, pick. You know, I'm love, loving grabbing him and CeeDee Lamb, building up that correlation in the first and second round. As you mentioned, that week 17, we're both expecting some level of fireworks. I am expecting it not necessarily because of the matchup, like, oh, you know, I know that you're a Washington fan. You think little of Dallas. I think their their defense is actually better on paper, at least right now. But I see it being important because I see both teams needing to win Week 17 just for their division competition, for the playoffs. I don't see either of these teams running away from the groups around them, from their division. So I just see both of these teams needing a big win in Week 17. We're going to, you know, celebrate the fruits of their labor, you know hopefully make it a million dollars. I think both of those guys have a high likelihood of being on a million dollar roster and a million dollar draft because again, there's just no immediate threats to them for targets or touches. I'm expecting Jameer Gibbs to have the third highest targets on the team. I do also think he's an incredible value. We'll save the Millie maker RB talk for another day though. Who's your next man up? Oh, next man up. And I, again, somebody we both like, and I know we've targeted pretty heavily in the big board. I'm not sure where you're at exposure-wise in Best Ball Mania, uh, but that's Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah mm-hmm. Hodgins. Yep. I mean, to the back let's, just, let's just take a look here. I'm going to pull up his game log from last year and just look. Let's just look at the end of the year where so, people really started to fall in love with him. So in the last five games that he played, he scored four touchdowns. He averaged five targets a game, and the yardage was not ideal. But the big thing here is the touchdowns. He scored four touchdowns in five games. What you should be looking up is how many total touchdowns Dan Jones threw last year. Was it 15? I think it was 15, actually. Did Buddy catch 30% of his touchdowns in four (laughs) weeks? Are you kidding me? And and people are going to tell me that they don't have a connection, that Isaiah Hodgins is going to sit on a bench? Nah, dog. Nah, I don't think so. As you were, sorry. I I would say I, I, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, before we really start touching on Isaiah Hodgins, you know, we were just referencing Best Ball Mania, and we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, you name it, they got it. Season player props, so many ways to win over Underdog, and Underdog is available in now so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. 
So I have uh, $275 of Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, the next highest, he's butt-ended by Justin Jefferson, 325, no flex. That's 15%. Uh, and then DPJ at 250. That's uh, 11%. So Hodgins, 12.8. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so let's see here. Uh, what was he averaging? Roughly four receptions a game. Probably, if I'm doing the math here, it's my five. head right. Is it five? It's five receptions a game. I mean, there's most games he had four. There was one game where he had eight and one game where he had five. Yeah. It looks like he was probably averaging, what, about seven, six or seven targets a game as well. Um, I just think that this is a team, kind of like the Panthers to me, where I think any of their wide receivers could really truly become the one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to place my bet on the guy that has uh, was known for his surefire hands last year, uh, was known to be a reliable target for Dan Jones, and Dan Jones made it known that he thought Isaiah Hodgins was doing a very good job out there. I mean, that says a lot when the quarterback comes out, and, and obviously we, we see a lot of these quarterbacks come out and say that stuff, but just reading into the tea leaves last year a little bit, I think Dan Jones actually really likes Isaiah Hodgins, and for a team that has no true uh, wide receiver one, just drafted Jalen Hyatt, has a plethora of guys who keep getting injured. I really think Isaiah Hodgins can make himself the one and make himself the one pretty easily. Um, the only you know downfall is that Darren Waller, I do think, potentially leads the team in targets. Um, and of course, you have Saquon Barkley, shout out Penn State. But Isaiah Hodgins, I, I think he's a potential candidate for eight to ten touchdowns. Where he's going right now, that's a fantastic value. I mean, if he would happen to get eight touchdowns, right? I mean, I you think what? That's at least probably five spike weeks out of yeah, a guy that's no, being I, drafted way down the board. I mean, it seems like it's a, a kind of a no-brainer to to take one of these guys. And I know you and I both believe that Isaiah Hodgins will just be the best guy. I mean, I think that this is probably a wide receiver six-ish, six or seven on somebody's team that, that wins a million bucks. And he could potentially be their, their schedule. Uh, hold on, I just had it up. Um, I know they play the Rams the last week, but they their fantasy playoff schedule is the Saints, the Eagles, and the Rams. The Saints game could be high scoring. The Eagles game, I think, could be a bloodbath, uh, but still both good teams could score 20 plus points. And the Rams game, if Who the knows? Rams return to form when they won the Super Bowl, I think the Giants could be in some trouble. If not, I think this could be a potential shootout. Yeah, they traded Jalen Ramsey. Like their te- their defense is getting worse. Yeah, I mean they still got Big Aaron Donald. I mean uh, uh, he's a game wrecker all himself. They got one guy. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> well, I mean when you're Aaron Donald, I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, one guy to take out the whole defensive line. Sure, I get it. You know, he's a terminator. Yeah, no duh. But you know, there's a whole field behind him, bro. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole field back there. Okay? That's true. <laughs> and when they get in close, yeah, he's super dangerous. Obviously inside the red zone, but. Um, no, like you had said, it's a wide open race there in New York. I agree with you. I think that Waller should be, at least on paper, he should lead this team in targets. But he goes through, you know, what we see from him pretty often recently, an injury. It's going to be even, you know, it's going to be open season. It's, it's going to be even better for any of those guys. He's going at wide receiver 77. I, I, I'll argue anybody until I die that he's going to outplay that by th- probably 30 spots. I don't think that's ridiculous at all. I don't either. I mean, who's going? Let's uh, open up the board here. Who's going around like 47? I don't have the full rankings up. I just have my exposure up. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was trying to find the. 
trying to find who goes around 47 here. The the board's not really showing it. Uh, I mean, who's going at 47-ish? Terry McLaurin, Drake London, <laughs> Pittman, Marquise Brown, Christian Kirk. Like, Well, that know. was a good segue, I think, to Terry because, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Not not wide receiver 47, just 47 off the board. Yeah, he's he's 80. Terry McLaurin is 80 P44. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think Hodgins gets to that level. I mean, as much as I like Hodgins, I don't think he really matches what Terry McLaurin or any of those guys can do. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he could definitely finish a lot higher at the wide receiver position. I mean, it's absurd how low he's going. It really is. I mean, I you mean, have a couple of these teams that, that, that are like that. And I, I just I don't understand how we're – there's some people who buy into Dan Jones having a good year, but then have mm-hmm. the wide receivers ranked so far down the board. I mean, it just doesn't correlate. Well, two seasons ago, Terry McLaurin had 77 catches, modest, but 1,000 receiving yards, modest, and five receiving touchdowns, modest. That was good for wide receiver 25. Mm -hmm. Those aren't great numbers. Hodgins is well on pace for something like that. I mean, that's also backed on 130 targets, so there's some inefficiency there. I would assume Daniel Jones would be more efficient, but... Whoever gets the bulk of the targets in that offense is a huge opportunity, and it's just not clearly written on the wall who that guy is going to be. I I believe that the public is highest on Waller, and from there, it's just a completely mixed bag, and that's why we're seeing the ADP that we are between, I mean, Jesus, there's so many of them. I mean, you have Sterling Shepard in the mix. You have Wondell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, and our boy Isaiah Hodgins. Like, that's, that's five bodies behind Darren Waller. So, that's why we're getting the mix in the ADP, in my opinion. I mean, that's why we're getting the value is because, you know, the Giants, they're not going to go out of their way to tell us who it's going to be, right? You got to be able to, you know, read the room. I think you and me are reading it right. Um, I also like Darius Slayton there. He's got a lot of experience with the Giants, but the only thing to like about him is that they also didn't add anybody else. Well, did they add Jameson Crowder too? Was that them? Mm. I think we need to check in on not that. Not positive on that. Did I mention Paris Campbell? Him too. A lot of people yeah. there. A lot of mouths to feed. Okay. A lot of mouths yeah. to feed. I think uh, I think Hodgins, though, the, the thing that sticks out for me is he kind of separates himself. He's kind of a bigger bodied guy that is going to be used in the red zone. For underdog, mm-hmm. you know, it's half point PPR. So I think that leaning towards the guys who you think can score the most touchdowns on the team is a smart bet, especially an underdog when it's not full PPR. Uh, and and I think that honestly, Hodgins has the best case outside of Barkley and Waller to score the most mm-hmm. touchdowns, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. I mean, I don't really think Paris Campbell is going to fit that role too well, unless there's some gimmicky play around the the red zone. Um, right. You know, and, the, and these other guys, a lot Slayton and them are downfield threats. So mm-hmm. I do honestly think that he'll finish behind Waller and Barkley for touchdowns. Like I said, 75 catches, 1,000 receiving yards, and anywhere from 8 to 10 touchdowns. That's going to get you into wide receiver 2 territory. I don't think he, as much as I like Hodgins, I don't think he gets to 1,000. I think he's going to be more or less around 750, but I think it's the touchdowns we're really going to be able to hang our well, hats on. I don't, I think, he's I, get I don't think he can get to the touchdowns. If anything, I would be higher on the yardage than the touchdowns because consider the source. What would we just say? Buddy threw 15 touchdowns last year, and obviously Hodgins helped the cause. <laughs> he was a crutch in the situation for Dan Jones, but yeah. this isn't a high-flying passing offense. So I can buy the yards based on some volume, based on the projections that I saw from him in that little space, you, you know, just the catches to the average on yardage. I think that we can hit that across a full, healthy 17-game season. 
touchdowns. I, I think that that's the ceiling is, is eight to 10, but I don't think he, you know, hits double digits realistically. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hold the, the whole 15 touchdowns against Dan Jones. I mean, honestly, I, I do think he gets more this year. It's, it's a trend until it's not. And if a lot of people, 10 more, if he throws 10 more good, that, good season, that's, that's, that, that's good. That's yeah, good. That's 25. a good potential. I, I think he can get closer to 25. I think, I think honestly, I'd probably, if I'm setting a line, I'm setting it at 21 and a half, but yeah. I think he gets a little over that. Well, even at 25, I just don't see any one guy scoring 10. Probably not. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm going with that. Yeah. All right, next guy we're going to segue into, Terry McLaurin, going at ADP 44, another big disrespect. I'm expecting this guy to set record numbers this season. I'm expecting record targets catches, receiving yards, touchdowns. You don't really have to do much to, you know, clip the touchdowns. 5, 5, 4 and 7 his last 4 seasons. Yardage, he could hit an easy 1200 yards this season. Again, a career high. I believe that Eric Bieniemy is going to come in and he's going to unlock him in this playbook. That's the best word I can use to describe it. He's going to unlock Terry McLaurin for the 2023 season and hopefully it's going to benefit your pockets. Uh, in the every year that Bienemy has been an offensive coordinator. His top target is getting at minimum 130 targets. When they're kind of a standalone in this standalone situation, similar to Travis Kelsey last year, he got 150. When he had Kelsey and Tyreek both healthy for full seasons, he was getting them 150 and 130. Terry McLaurin is above and beyond the best player on this offense. He is going to be getting a ton of touches this season, at least in my opinion. I I, I read the tea leaves as Eric Bieniemy is going to come in and he's going to overload this guy with opportunities because that's how he knows how to run his playbook is to feed his guys. Sure, I expect Jayon Dotson to get some love, some of these running backs to be mixed in, but I believe that Terry McLaurin is going to really jump on to the, the scene this year. Not that people don't know who he is, but he's going to make a big splash in production. I dare say, given the right scenarios, the high expectations, he could hit top five. Top five wide receiver this year. That That is bold. And as a Commanders fan, I love it. Rock hard, I, do I know. Think that's, I do think that that's slightly high. Um, I wouldn't say that if I knew that we had our quarterback situation fully firmed in i just I, i'm not sure what it sounds like do. the players are just pulling for how it sounds like the players well, have already called it at least from yeah. what i'm reading uh from the social medias yeah if the players ran the team that would be right i just i i've unfortunately i've seen ron rivera make some really stupid decisions and i i do worry a little bit i'm i'm on team how 90 percent of me says it's going to be how 10 percent sees ron fucking this all up for us but nonetheless Eric Bieniemy still technically is like the assistant coach, though. Like he has yes. a little bit more pull than Correct. people may know. Like, yeah, you're an offensive coordinator, but you and I have had this discussion before, where we both believe he's like the heir apparent, right? Like he's been yeah. hired to be the guy on the seat if things aren't going right the first handful of games. Like if this team went zero and five, Eric Bieniemy is going to be the coach from game six on to six to eighteen. Yeah, no, I, I and I agree. Um, uh, you know, he's he's waiting in the wings for Rivera to. Sail into the sunset, essentially. Mm. Um, I agree with you on on Terry McLaurin, though. I, obviously, I like McLaurin a whole lot. He's only missed a thousand yards one season. That was his rookie year. He's you know the best ability is availability. This man is is very durable. Uh, knock on wood. You know I don't want to have Terry McLaurin. Please, Terry, don't get hurt. <laughs> As a fan, two, please don't two get full hurt. healthy seasons in a row. Two healthy yeah. full, uh, full seasons he, in a row. 
he, he prides himself on that and he, and he does talk about his work ethic and what he does in the gym and how he eats right and you know trains his body so I, I think that you know his availability isn't just something of of dna purposes he really trains to make sure that he is ready and able to to go every single week in and week out i think mm-hmm. the thing that potentially hurts terry mclaurin is Jahan dotson um by all accounts, everyone's super excited about Dotson. The enemy says he wants to unlock his potential. He actually used those words uh, regarding I'm, Dotson. I'm glad that he's using those words. That's Coach. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> uh, so I, I think, honestly, like, if Terry has a really good season but didn't fully unlock that top 10 notch that he should really be in, I think it's because Jahan Dotson had a really good season too, which will bode well for Hal or whoever's mm-hmm. that quarterback, will bode well for the commanders in general. But I do think it could potentially hurt Terry McLaurin. I like Terry a whole lot. My worry is that. So, so let's just take a look here. Uh, we'll just look at the last two seasons, both full seasons. Well, seventy-seven receptions both years. I'm looking at this targets, too. I'm looking at the exact targets. same numbers. And the war, and the thing that concerns me about looking at this past production is that he hasn't had a great system. Like the the right. play calling has been super meager. They weren't targeting him even into like the first couple of games. There was a big uh, disconnection between him and Carson Wentz. Or everyone's like, "Oh, where did Curtis Samuel come from?" I'm saying, "Where the hell is Jerry McLaurin? Pass him the ball." We needed Taylor Heineke to get out on the field to actually really get his high value outcomes, you know, flowing into our fantasy score. So, I mean, I we can you know look at these numbers, but I just feel like the enemy, like like I said, is going to continue to unlock whether it's Dotson or McLaurin. I think there's a reality where they both have really good seasons. Uh, and so do I. I just think that like our prediction for is he going to be on one of these teams that wins a million bucks, I'm not quite sure I'm convinced of it just because I can see the case in my mind, just again, as an insider and reading all the shit about the commanders, is mm-hmm. that I, I think that um, he could potentially be top 10 and have very good spike weeks. But I think there's also a case where he just kind of does what he's been doing, where he's you know, kind of mediocre throughout the year, finishes strong, has a good, you know, is a wide receiver 20 to 25, but never really reaches that, that wide receiver one potential. Um, but the unknown is what we're going to hang our hats on here. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's Eric B obviously is the unknown, what he's going to do with the team, how he's going to use Dotson, use McLaurin. Is he going to try to really push Logan Thomas or one of these other guys to play a Kelsey role for them? All these things could, benefit and or hurt terry mclaurin at the same time so i this is the only one or this is the first one i'd say i i don't fully agree with you but i do think there's there's a case well, for it to happen that to me that's the whole case is terry mclaurin gets the kelsey treatment if that's if that's how we need to call it like that i i just don't see why he wouldn't like i love that he's saying exactly the words that i use for mclaurin for dotson but if you're saying like oh yeah i can unlock dotson what can you do with terry mclaurin i mean the He's been nothing but perfect. Like you said, the health, the the production with just terrible talent at the quarterback position again and again and again. Now I get it. Sam Howell's not a huge upgrade, but Biennemi is. And I just don't see him taking his best weapon and saying, you know what? Let's use him in a suboptimal situation. Let's use him as a decoy the entire time. I My gut is just telling me that he's going to come in and he's going to overload him with targets. And I think that helps Jayon Dotson. I think there's a reality where Terry can get 150 targets. Dotson could get anywhere from 100 to 110. And maybe even Dotson has more receiving touchdowns, you know, but he has less catches. And I think that they can both kind of balance out very good fantasy seasons. But Dotson isn't really going that much farther than Terry. And I expect Terry to be closer to that 
wide receiver one territory. And for me, again, like the, the highest outcome for him, in my opinion, is a top five wide receiver. If, if, if the enemy can do it with Kelsey, and I know that obviously that's a little bit of cherry picking, the enemy doesn't catch passes, but he has set up a tight end with generational numbers. He plays, he played a role in that, obviously. So I have to imagine, you know, that's the, one of the biggest reasons why he's been brought here is to make the stars shine. It's, it's very true. Um, I mean, it's, I'm glad we're doing this, uh, this exercise, this podcast here, because as we talk about it, I think I'm talking to myself more and more and just wanting to take Dotson a lot more than McLaurin. He goes, three, he goes three rounds later, and I think okay. we both just agreed on the case of Dotson score might more, score more touchdowns. He might, yeah. Terry's that probably going to have more, more yardage, more catches, but... That's also on the assumption that he's getting the same type of you know high-value target that Carson Wentz was giving him last year. Because, again, Carson was not looking at Terry McLaurin. He was just completely ignoring him, giving Dotson targets, giving Samuel targets. And by all means, that gives us faith for some of the, you know, those two guys for this upcoming season. But again, I'm taking like this potential production or the past production of Terry, and I'm weighing those same things with those guys, right? Like what was actually going on? Who was their quarterback? How are they actually getting these touchdowns? Dotson came out of nowhere. No one was expecting him to, you know, to have that type of touchdown percentage. I think he may have been better than Christian Watson. uh... If you were to go back to our 2022 Washington Commanders preview I did with Sean and Kramer, I I did call <laughs> double-digit touchdowns for Jahan Dotson. If he did not miss five games, he was on he his have. way to You're right. You're right. He would, he would, you're, you would not have been wrong. No sure hands. I watched a lot right. of him at Penn State. I knew what he was about right. to do. But um, to, to our argument here between McLaurin and Dotson, Mm-hmm. I think one of them has a very big star potential. Which one is it going to be this year? I don't know. I think they both can be very... It's either they're both going to be very good or one guy's going to be extremely good and one guy's going to kind of be middle of the pack. I, think, I can't see Terry being in the middle of the pack. Like, I, I, I don't either. I, I agree with you on that. But don't you think Terry's going to draw the coverage over Dotson? He, he, he always draws the coverage. He has, he what, does, right? 15.4, 13.6, 12.85. Those are his yards per catch the last three seasons. He's a deep field guy. He he builds off of contact. He's fine on contact downfield. He's fine at contact at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like, he's one of the he's one of the best players that can test the catches. He's I, a beast. I, listen, you're preaching to the choir, man. I love Terry McCoy. I love me some Terry. I just <laughs> put it I away, just think, Andrew. Keep for, it in your for pants. Fan, for fantasy purposes, right? We always want to get the best value we can. If we don't think there's going to be a massive difference between the two, why not mm-hmm. wait three rounds and take Jahan Dotson? I mean, take I mean, both. You know, I do. Listen, I'm, I'm all right with that, too. Really another am. another good situation where you can stack up like literally the whole team. <laughs> like Terry's the first one off the block. Then you got Dotson, like you said, three rounds later, probably somewhere in that mix. You're grabbing your or you no, know, even probably later than Dotson. You're getting Gibson and Robinson, most likely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then how is like your second to last pick, if not your last yeah. pick? Like, Easy to and, stack the entire team. Very low cost team to stack with with a larger than average potential due to Eric Bieniemy for sure. And uh, you last, can stack uh, really quick just Howell and Logan Thomas in the last two rounds. Yes, last two oh, rounds. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Just a, a little uh, shameless plug here. I did just bring out a players prop 2023 NFL se- season long players prop article. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. I have in there. Uh, did you read it, Justin? By any chance? I did. So, so you saw what Dotson's touchdowns were? No, I don't remember off the top of my head. What is it, six and a half? So, no. Uh, see, you would think it's so, right? They have his – and it's even four money, plus 100, four and a half. Oh, yeah. That's he scored over. seven last year, missing five games. 
How the yeah. shit is he not scoring that's a, five this that's year? A, that's, a, that's a smash. Who was offering that? DK? Yeah, DK. Plus 100. I was like, you're even money. I know, uh, again, not a gambling show. I know we are fantasy here, but just trying to make everyone money. Please go to DraftKings, bet that. At four and a half. He scored seven. Money. It, it just, it, it was absurd when I saw that. Yeah, that's just a that's just a, a bet on Sam Howell being bad, and I just don't think that the enemy is going to have a bad quarterback. I think he's going to draw it up. Yeah. We're going to get production. They're not going to not pass the ball. No. Yeah, definitely. All right, very good. Who uh, we got time for one more? What do you want to do? You pick, man. You you were the one that that put together a nice little list. I'm I'm lazier and just had him in my head. So you pick pick, pick one off there. Oh, da, 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 da. I guess I'll go with DK Metcalf, just someone that I've been grabbing a ton of still. I'm not really concerned about the the JSN presence. I'm I was feeling literally just going to say that. Are you not worried about JSN at all? Talent levels rise and everyone else is going to eat just the same, if not better, in my opinion. I feel like having someone a, has to suffer. Sure. That's what we believe. I don't think that that has to be the case. Do you think Geno's a top four quarterback? Uh, he, I mean, he was top six last year. So, do, I mean, do you think this year he's top four? Uh, you know, he's top, top five. Let's just make it top, top, top ten. Uh, he's top ten this year. Name top me a 10 top ten season. quarterback that has three guys that all produced like that. Because all th- DK is going up here. JSN and um, Lockett are going a couple picks between each other, but they're Joe all Burrow? in the top what seventy. So yeah, I would say the Bengals are a really good example, and I don't think that it's necessarily a lock for JSN to have like a thousand yard receiving season. I still think that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to take a majority of the snaps. You're not taking off. You're not taking DK Metcalf off the field so that JSN can have more snaps. Agreed. Exactly. He, his size and his stature and his athleticism and blocking ability are always going to keep him on the field. I believe that the other two receivers alleviate a lot of pressure. This is a guy that has been comped to Megatron, Calvin Johnson. I'm not going to do that. The builds are the same. He's like one inch smaller than him. But Calvin Johnson, obviously, uh, you know, much better at football, right? Like he's he's an absolute legend. But something like this could help DK Metcalf get into that type of space where he's getting, you know, a little bit less press coverage downfield, where he's getting a little bit less coverage across the middle because you can't stop all three. And yeah, you could, you know, take the safety valve throws to, you know, lower A dot guys like a JSN or a Tyler Lockett. But I think that this opens things up for more spike week opportunities for DK Metcalf. You know, I, I believe that if you're betting on someone to get double digit touchdowns in this offense, it's Kenneth Walker and then it's DK Metcalf. And there's probably some that'll say that it should just be DK Metcalf because, oh, Zach Charbonnet is there. Like, there's no way Kenneth Walker can now have double digit touchdowns. I don't believe that either. I think we're also getting Kenneth Walker at a value. Be- Man. Adding, two, adding two rookies into one offense doesn't mean that everyone, well, time to retire, lock it, like, <laughs> pack it in. You're not getting 120 targets this year, pal. Like, I, I just don't think that's the case. I think that that extra talent helps boost the entire offense. People may not think that it's good for fantasy. It's certainly good for the football team. The team should be projected to score more points. They should be projected to, to win more games. To me, give me everybody. I mean, yeah, I'm getting JSN. I'm getting Lockett. But I'm getting DK Metcalf everywhere I can at ADP and typically after. You're getting him in, in my uh, experience. You're getting him anywhere from like five to seven picks after ADP. He's not going to go much farther than that because, again, he's athletic. He's huge. He's going to have that name brand appeal. But last three seasons, six receiving touchdowns last season on 141 targets. The previous two seasons, he had less targets, 129 and 129, and scored double-digit touchdowns. He had less volume. 
but he had more receiving touchdowns. And we just went back and forth about this half point PPR. We're going to value touchdowns a little bit more. So again, if the talent is rising around him, why can't he score double digit touchdowns? Why can't he be a bigger threat in the red zone? If the team is visiting the red zone, if they're scoring more points more often, why wouldn't he be in a, a better position to bring back double digit touchdowns and big numbers in, in general? Well, in 2022, uh, he did, and and this is this is the big thing I always come back on because I do, again we just talked to, you just mentioned it again. Touchdowns are king on underdog due to the scoring format. People need mm-hmm. to realize that he ranked number one in the NFL when he was on the field on his team's percentage of red zone targets. He 46 percent when he was on the field when they were in the red zone. 46 percent of the targets went to DK Metcalf. That's that is number one in the NFL. That is. By far, a very undervalued stat. The thing I don't like about DK is that the JSN is now here. Zach Charbonnet is now here. They added two weapons that were potential top three at their positional rankings coming into the uh, you know NFL coming out of the mm-hmm. draft. No argument. So I, 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 I fear that the ball is going to be spread around a fuck ton this year. I think if some of these guys are really going to uh falter a little bit with their numbers mm-hmm. because of how well the Seahawks could just do as a team in general. Uh and, and that goes for everybody. I, I also uh, just you know small little dig here. I also disagree with you on the Kenneth Walker uh, again, shameless plug on my players prop thing. I have to take the under rushing touchdowns for Kenneth Gamewell because I do think mm-hmm. that Zach Charbonnet is going to play that role more than Kenneth Gamewell will. Uh, I digress. But DK Metcalf, I, I agree with you. I think DK Metcalf is a very good value at his ADP. I just I slowly worry about how much they're going to spread the ball around because if they spread it around a ton, like a team probably should, with the amount of uh, good players they have, I, mm-hmm. I worry that DK Metcalf is going to suffer a little bit. If he keeps his red zone percentage, though, um, I it doesn't. I can't remember how many targets he actually had and how many of those converted into touchdowns. It was just forty six percent of the targets that went to a player were to DK Metcalf in the red zone. So, Dude, that, you're making my argument for me there. I'm saying the I, team's going to score more. That. They're going to get in the red zone more. As long as he's that guy, as long as he's healthy, touchdown. I, I just don't think it out. has to be to DK is the, is the thing I'm making. The, the point I'm making is mm-hmm. I don't think he has to be the star of the team for this team to still be good. I think that they oh. have enough weapons now to just fully spread it around. Mm-hmm. But for me, he's the big play guy. He's the, the biggest, True. baddest weapon that they have. As far as spike weeks go, he's going to be the guy that's going to have the most between him, JSN, and Tyler Lockett. Don't get me wrong. There's a Tyler Lockett two-touchdown week in the in the wings waiting, right? Like, that's going to happen. JSN, I, I don't know if I'm going to bet that. If he's going to have many, many spike weeks, I think that he could be definitely felt. His presence is going to be felt on the field, but I don't know if he's going to put up Justin Jefferson rookie level numbers. I don't. I don't think he's in that type of category. No, he's he's not in that predicament, right? Like Jeff, Justin Jefferson stepped into slot into a spot that he could be the top dog. JSN has no shot at being the top dog over DK. That, that just won't happen. I agree with you on that. So DK Metcalf, wide receiver, finish this upcoming season over under wide receiver fifteen. I yeah, I I think. I think the 15 is is the number. I, I think that that's a right around where he goes. So I, I'll take you know, the over. You know where he's ranked right now in underdog? Wide receiver 15. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that that is Appropriately priced. Appropriately I, priced. And, and I agree. I just, I think that it's a good gamble, but I mm-hmm. think that you need to remember that it is a gamble. I think he's a he's more of a gamble than a surefire bet at, at that ADP just because of 
adding two very good weapons in the draft. Like I said, you can definitely get them after ADP. I've I've gotten them at least five to seven picks after consistently. Um, the last two seasons, he finished as wide receiver 16 and 14. <laughs> gotta, lo- gotta love the average. He finished as wide receiver uh, 7 in 2020 with 10 receiving touchdowns and 1,300 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you this list real quick. There's only 10 names, and I already said DK, of the players with the highest percentage of their team's red zone targets went on the field in 2022. Because um, I do think, again, I think this is a very undervalued stat um, especially for, oh man, look at that casino cam over here. If you haven't watched cam yet, he does cams casino on, I think, I think it is normally Tuesday nights. If I uh, remember correctly, cam, let us know in the chat when you're going to be doing a, a cams casino. I've watched this. It's electric. What cam does That's right. in by himself, talking to us all while he's gambling online, sometimes playing music, sometimes just answering the chat. Uh, it, it is electric. I, I love watching this dude gamble. It's hilarious. Um, so, so here's the, the top 10, 1 through 10, again, players with the highest percentage of their team's red zone targets went on the field in 2022. DK Metcalf with, with 46%. Very good number. Almost half of his team's red zone targets went to DK. That's good. 42%. I know you hate this man. Christian Watson. Interesting. I, and again, I think that that's probably one of the outliers on this list due to no more Aaron Rodgers. Third, Drake London, 38%. Interesting. Your boy. Right? Kind of makes Your sense because Kyle Pitts kind of had a bad year last year, right? Uh, AJ Brown, fourth, 36%. Keenan Allen, 36%. Steph Diggs. How many games? Yeah, but how many games did Keenan play? That's weird. Uh, yeah, it is, but he still had 36% of their red zone targets. Isn't that nuts? That's now, now crazy. again, if you go back and look at the Chargers, I wonder how many, how many uh, shots were they actually in the red zone for because that's a team that's <laughs> outside of the red zone, right? I mean, I mean, he only they, played. What is this? What do you he play? 12 games? 10. He played 10, 10 yeah. games. And he had 36% of their red zone target. That's a yes. problem. That's a problem. The Chargers fix well, that. Yeah. And again, remember, they did have Austin Eckler, so he'd run the ball. That's not a target as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know. But still, damn. Uh, okay. So Keenan. Unimpressive. Was, <laughs> Keenan was fifth. Steph Diggs, 35%. Makes sense. Devontae Adams, 35%. Makes sense. Garrett Wilson, 34%. Yeah, Jamar year, Chase. 32% and Jerry Judy, 32%. Jerry, Jerry. So just names to potentially look out for when you're doing these best ball drafts. I think all of them outside of Christian Watson, that's the only one I, I, I agree with you. Not as high on Christian Watson as everyone else's due to the Jordan Love factor. But I think a lot People of those are getting high on Jordan Love. Do you believe they're smoking that shit? Are you kidding me? Uh, My I mean, goodness. I guess there's a case for it, right? I mean, there's a case for everyone, man. Come on, there's a case for Baker Mayfield. It doesn't mean you're buying what they're selling. People probably said the same shit about Aaron Rodgers when he came in for Brett Favre. Look what he true. did. No, they, no, no, no. People were absolutely in, in I, you know, in I don't remember. It. it feels like Aaron Rodgers has been playing football for 900 years, so I can't remember when the fuck he did that. I was probably like, barely nah, out of he my was, dad. He was toted just as high as Patrick Mahomes coming off the bench was, you know, after, you know, Mahomes threw his like 180 yard pass to, I don't even remember who it was. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't remember. He would just come in. They just like was Alex Smith is last year as a starter. They're just like, hey, Mahomes, come in. This guy can't throw that far. We yep. need a bomb this play. Uh, Cam says probably tomorrow night. So uh, everyone, uh, make sure you go over to Sports Gambling Podcast Network a YouTube page. Yeah, watch Cam do Cam's Casino again. Very electric. It is funny to watch this man either win and it's, or lose some money. Uh, and it's going to be ladies' night. Like, There's going to yeah. be tons of chicks there. So if you're watching in the chat, go check out Cam's stream. <laughs> it's ladies' night over at the casino. Wet, oh, oh, as some people may say, a wet Wednesday. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Andrew so is yeah. working promos at the bar. Uh, again, uh, players to watch out for, red zone targets, Metcalf, Watson, Drake London, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Steph Diggs, Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, Jamar Chase, and Jerry Judy. Not that that trend will stand this year, but I do think it is worth noting that some of those players uh, you know, hold a larger-than-average value for their team's red zone targets. My favorite thing is when I make a take, and then you're like, eh, I don't know. But then you make a, a big point for me. Appreciate that, it, DK Metcalf stat. That was, that was I, a nice I, little I agree there. with you. I just think that there's a, a big gamble with DK this year because I do think he has the ability to finish below 20. I think 15 fine. But if JSN comes out and is a lot better than some people may think or takes more targets or is Zach Charbonnet is a very good uh, red zone back, it's going to take away from DK a little bit. That's all I'm saying. He's a cheat code, man. He's rigged dice, all right? He's rigged dice like an Ocean's uh, 13, all right? Flick, flick the Great lighter, but he's going to score. Movies. Yeah, don't ever try to bring that back. I know they have. I, I, I've seen some female versions of it, maybe some like uh, Netflix versions of it. What's like the What's like the Cinemax now of like, is that is it Netflix? I mean, Netflix is getting pretty bad these days. Yeah, I guess it's depends what's today's sh- cinema? stranger things is on netflix and i can't say enough good yeah but that. yeah but like yeah that's like they they drop a big bomb of goodness and then in the remnants is just dog poo just bad yeah it's, it's good you know it's okay yeah oh yeah no no dude i'll go on there i'll watch you know the entire season of cobra kai in a weekend and be like all right well, i don't have to watch netflix for a month <laughs> so the next thing is here you know like i was looking for the comp of uh today's cinemax though i don't, I don't know what it is is that like uh, trying to think of like one of those like cheap like devices that you would buy? I got nothing. I got an Apple TV. I don't know, man. I'm, li- I'm living that life. <laughs> All right. You got anything else to uh, to add before we head out? Uh, no. We back Thursday. Yes, sir. Awesome. I mean, unless unless my kid shows up, you know, if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a papa by then, you know. Yeah. Well, if yeah. if you're not here Thursday due to the kid, that's all right. You can be excused. I'll hold the fort down with uh, probably Appreciate some that. sort of guest. So it's be, it'll be all right, man. We'll we'll catch you on the flippity flip. Yeah. More, more than likely, we won't, and I'll just be here. That's right. Yeah. Probably Sunday too. I was, we, me and Emerson do? were talking about that. July third, you know. So it's like any minute, like you know. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. you're you're around in the corner. We're in it. We're yeah. in the circle. We're we're in it. <laughs> the eye of the storm has approached all right very good we we are gonna head out we should be back thursday andrew will be maybe i am maybe i'm not take care be well be good if you can't be good just be good at it we'll see you peace